Today on Locked On Mariners, my radio station's Thanksgiving turkey giveaway ends in disastrous fashion. We gave away the turkeys from an airborne helicopter. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. I was going to save that one until next Thanksgiving, but I'll be long gone by then. So I'm using it on this July episode of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tlopin, if you will. Please remember to download and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Here with us today to preview the upcoming three four-game series, pardon me, against the Oakland Athletics is Locked On A's host, strangely enough, yes, Jason Burke. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How Excellent. are you? Honestly, I didn't get a wink of sleep last night, so this actually could be a disaster, <laughs> but uh, we're going to push through. You, know, I, I'm going to push through. You're just going to go on as normal, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm, I, other than that, I'm doing all right. Good. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. The last time the Mariners faced the A's, or the A's faced the Mariners, depending on your uh, depending on your perspective, it was May 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd, and the uh, A's took two of three. Mariners took the first game of that series, and then the A's came back and took games two and three of that series in Seattle. And talking about the current series, we'll start with the pitching matchups, I suppose. Sean Manai is pitching for the A's. Um, he has a 6-6 six and six record and a 3-2-8 earned run average. He's facing Chris Flexen, 9-3 so far with a 3-3-5 earned run average. And I know that this audio is being used on both shows, so why don't you talk about Mr. Manaya and then I'll talk about Mr. Flexen a little bit. Mr. Manaya has been very, very good. I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed watching him, and if it wasn't Chris Bassett going to the All-Star game as a reserve or, you know, a fill-in guy that after somebody dropped off, it would have been Sean Manaya because Sean Manaya has been that good. He's been pitching guys inside a little bit more, a little bit up and in with his fastball, which he was a little bit more scared to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's having some some really good success. But I was looking up stats for Chris Flexen last night in preparation for this. And yes. One thing that did stand out is he has a 176 ERA at home this year. So uh, I'm a little bit worried about what's going to happen tonight. (laughs) His road ERA and his overall ERA for the season actually is quite misleading. Um, On the 176 ERA at home, as you said, on the road it's 592. He had one start in San Diego where he went one and two-thirds innings and gave up eight earned runs. That one start has messed up his stats. If you take away that outing, then his ERA goes from 3.35 all the way down to 2.67. That would be fourth in the American League, right behind Garrett Cole and right ahead of Kyle Gibson. So that one start is skewing his season numbers almost beyond belief. He's actually pitched a lot better than that record indicates since coming over. This is his first season back in the major leagues after spending last season in Korea, and he's almost an entirely different pitcher 
than what he was with the Mets. His control has improved greatly. He mixes his pitches a lot better. He's got a curveball now, which is almost has a forkball type action to it. It's not a 12 to 6 curveball with a hump, but it starts high and ends low. And he, the mayor has really found the diamond in the rough with Mr. Flexen, I think. I've been very impressed with him. And he was uh, in the KBO. He came over. They signed him to a multi. Uh, he was going to be on the roster no matter what. I remember us talking about that before the season started. You're mm-hmm. like, he'll be a starter or a reliever, but he's got a deal. So he's going to be on this team. And he is, he's been pretty solid. It was a two-year deal. You're absolutely correct. And when they signed him, I was looking at his numbers that he had with the Mets and his numbers that he had in AAA, and I was very leery. But, you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, maybe he did put it together in Korea, but Korea is not even at the level of the Japanese league, which is almost double A. So it was a big question mark for me, but my goodness, is he, he's assuaged any concerns that I had uh, going into the season. He's, he's been absolutely terrific. Probably the Mariners' best starter. Argument could be made that the Mariners' best starter is actually starting Friday night, and that's Yusei Kikuchi, and he is facing Frankie Montas. You went first last time. I'll talk about the Yusei Kikuchi a little bit first uh, this time. He's also kind of re- re- rebirthed himself, so to speak, after <laughs> after a couple seasons where I wasn't too impressed with him. I thought he gave up too many walks, too many home runs. The Mariners, though, had tried to had encouraged him to use his fastball more, and that's not what made him successful in Japan. This year, he went back to what made him successful in Japan. That's utilizing his cutter, his uh, breaking stuff, his off-speed stuff more, mixing his pitches a lot better. The last two starts haven't been real; were not very good. Um, his stuff was flat, and uh, he was not impressive at all. Hopefully, he can turn that around in his next outing, or hopefully not, depending on your point of view, depending on what show you're listening to. In any case, opposing him will be. Fred Frankie Montas. Hit it, Mr. Burke. Frankie Montas. Oh, boy. This is either going to be real good or real bad, and we're going to... His last four starts, he's gone at least five. He he went five once, and then he's gone 5.2, 6.2, six innings. Hasn't given up more than two runs in any of those. Actually, he's given up almost two runs in all of those and one run in the other. But Mm -hmm. the thing with Frankie Montas is he will have those blow-up starts like you talked about. And uh, he's had eight runs in five and two-thirds innings. He's given up seven runs in two and two-thirds innings and six runs in four innings. So he has the blow-up start. But outside of the blow-up starts, he's actually a very good pitcher. Over in just July, this this current month, uh, he has a 245 ERA. So he's been pitching well, but... Is is another blow up on deck? We don't know. It's usually roughly four or five starts, and he's made four, so we'll mm-hmm. find out if he's actually turned a corner, which has been the hope in Oakland forever. Uh, if his splitter's working and the Mariners are swinging at it, he's gonna be a tough guy to deal with. So uh, it's basically how how good is that splitter working? How good is that fastball feeding off of the splitter? Mm-hmm. And uh, how how does he work from there? But We'll see. He's always that wild card. You, you love him when he's on. And he went into his last start before the break. The Houston Astros, the, the A's lost the first two games of that series. Mm-hmm. He secured a win for them. He went six and two-thirds innings, gave up five hits, one run, and only walked one. He struck out ten. And that is against the best offense in baseball, according to like WRC Plus and like most stats. So that was a much-needed win against a division rival, the one that the A's were chasing at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he can do it against the best. 
but I don't know. Well, <laughs> you never know with Frankie Montas, but I always, I, I'm always intrigued. Is is all I can say. One thing that you mentioned about Mr. Montas was the length in which he was going in ball games, which is something that I should have mentioned with uh, Mr. Flexen and also Kikichi-san. Those are the two pitchers in the Mariners' rotation who have give, given the Mariners length. Kikichi-san routinely goes seven innings, and uh, Flexen has gone deep into ball games as well a few times this year after not really doing that at the beginning of the year. He wasn't real effect- efficient pardon me, with his pitch count. He's gotten much better at that as of late, but we're already up at our first commercial break, uh, Mr. Burke. At this time on Locked On Mariners, we have our trivia corner, which is a daily feature. Today, it's a hall pass where I uh, describe some statistics of a uh, Major League Baseball player, and the listeners decide if uh, they think those are Hall of Fame credentials or they're not Hall of Fame credentials. So it's basically, I'm giving you guys a Hall of Fame vote, a, a, a hypothetical one. Today's subject enjoyed a 19-year Major League career as an outfielder in the 1970s. 80s, and 90s. He has a 290, 333, 471 slash line. He hit 339 home runs, 526 doubles, collected 2,712 base hits, and also drove in 1,493 runs. He is a two-time batting champion. He led the league in doubles twice, had a season high of 45, led the, uh, his league in base hits once with a high of 215, and also led his league in RBI once with a high of 125. He is, let's see, he is a seven-time All-Star, a three-time Gold Glove Award winner, and he has an MVP award, and he collected MVP votes in three other seasons with a second-place finish, two third-place finishes, and a fifth-place finish. Are those Hall of Fame credentials of... Are those Hall of Fame credentials in... Are those Hall of Fame credentials in the opinion of you out there in podcast land? I will tell you who it is after this word from a sponsor, which I was supposed to read yesterday, but I misread the schedule. So we're reading them today, and that is Wild Alaskan. Do you love to order fish when you go out to eat, but never make it for yourself at home? Cooking restaurant-quality dishes at home starts with high-quality seafood and simple techniques from Wild Alaskan Seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination. And every month, there are different specials to explore. Each shipment contains premium, wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that's ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust, pause, or cancel your membership at any time. They offer 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. That's almost $16. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Make sure to use this exact URL to let them know that we sent you. The conclusion of today's Hall Pass, those credentials that I mentioned, whenever I have a guest on, I always ask for their opinion. Mr. Burke, would you consider that man for the Hall of Fame? Do you think those are Hall of Fame credentials? 
I think so. I think that they, they're at least on the cusp. I'm, I'm not sure if they're necessarily in, but they're close for sure. Mm-hmm. Any guesses as to who it might be? None whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely an acceptable answer. That was Dave Parker. Coming up is a member of the A's coaching staff under suspicion as the prime suspect in a series of San Mateo arson fires dating back to the mid-80s? No. Uh, now this word from Rock Auto, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your daily driver or for your classic, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. I read the first half of that promo from Memory Gang. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quick to see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I've been asking that question on this show for well over a year, and I still haven't come up with a good answer. So go to rockauto.com right at this exact moment to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know for an undisputed fact that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. Thank you very much, JM. We are back here with Jason Burke going over the pitching matchups. Uh, on uh, this um, episode of Locked on Mariners, where I'm sleep-deprived once again. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Saturday, it is uh, Chris Bassett and Logan Gilbert. Uh, What can we expect to see from Mr. Bassett on Sunday, sir? Innings pitched. He is uh, (laughs) up there. He's number two in innings pitched in all of baseball. He's two-thirds of an inning behind Zach Wheeler. I don't know when Mr. Wheeler is going wheels up and hitting the mound, but uh, maybe Chris Bassett takes that lead by the time this is over. He's going six or seven innings at least in each of his starts. Um, he's He's been fantastic. He's this the ace of this rotation. You might be able to get to him if you can string a few hits together, but if, if he gets out of the inning... Your, your night's over. He just shuts it down. So you might be able to get to him in one inning, and you never know when that inning is. It could be the first, could be the fourth. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's just a beast out there, and he he just shuts it down when he doesn't <laughs> want to give up any more runs. And he's been fantastic to watch. He keeps the, the, uh, the ball off of the barrel of the bat, and that's why he doesn't get a lot of acclaim is because he's not, you know, striking a ton of guys out. His strikeout rates, I haven't actually looked, but it's roughly, I think, 9Ks. Uh, per nine innings, somewhere in there. That's a little bit above average, I believe. It's almost exactly nine per nine. He has 126 strikeouts and 125 innings pitched, so basically the same thing. So yeah, one inning, but that's not, you know, Noah Syndergaard. I don't know why I always go to the only hurt pitcher that I like that has (laughs) high strikeout rates. But uh, yeah, he's not like that, where he's not flashy, but he's very effective, and I mean, he got rewarded with an all-star appearance eventually but mm-hmm. he's he's just fantastic and you got to watch him on a start to start basis because he's great out there and he's also very open and you love to see that um and he also is uh 
he's the writer of the wave. Have you seen the pictures of him with the Trident? They're amazing. They made his debut. <laughs> the, the Trident made its debut after he went uh, nine innings, uh, complete game shutout, and it was fantastic. I think that was against the Angels. Of course, it was against the Angels. He gave up two hits. <laughs> and yeah, it's fantastic stuff. If, if you have not seen Chris Bassett with a Trident in his hands, it'll make your day. It's absolutely wonderful. But the guy that he's facing, also a little bit worrisome if you're an A's fan because Logan Gilbert has been fantastic over his last seven starts. He has a 2.41 ERA in his last seven, but a 4.35 ERA at home. Which one comes out on top in this one? I don't know. I mean, um, his first two starts, I think, kind of skew those numbers, um, much like that one start in San Diego is skewing Mr. Flexen's numbers. I have one question about uh, Chris Bassett, though. If there's any one particular batter that gets to Chris Bassett, could that man be considered a Bassett hound? Definitely, yes. That right. that will be the nickname, and I might use that on your show when I host <laughs> tomorrow. Excellent. Uh, talking about Logan Gilbert, this is actually the third time he's going to be facing the A's, and the, he has one road start and one home start, and they both came in back-to-back starts May 25th and May 31st. And in those two starts, he went a combined 10 innings, opponent's batting average of 243. He struck out nine in those 10 innings. He only walked one. And that's the that's something that I've been impressed with, with Mr. Gilbert, is that he this is his rookie season, and he has not walked a ton of hitters. His Not, not the last start, but the start against the Yankees on July 8th. The, so two starts ago. Seven innings, one hit, eight strikeouts, and no walks. He did strike out a career-high nine in his last start in Los Angeles. But he only went five and one-thirds innings, walked two, gave up uh, four hits, and two runs. And like I said on my show earlier in the week, I didn't see that game because I was asleep, because I was sick. But that game against the Yankees, he had that slider working better than I'd ever seen it. The Yankees... They couldn't hit it. They were chasing it off the plate. The right-handed hitters were. He was working up and down with his fastball. If that's the Logan Gilbert that shows up on Saturday against the A's, the A's might be in for a rough day. However, Mr. Bassett, you said that um, sometimes he'll have these innings where the the opposition will string a bunch of hits together. The uh, Mariners don't do that very well. So (laughs) they they have done that at times, but... um, they usually rely on the home run ball to score a lot of their runs. And that's always worried me about the Mariners. Yesterday afternoon in Colorado, the three runs on three solo home runs, five hits overall, I consider that a bad offensive day. The one guy Mm -hmm. I'm worried about, semi-worried about, is starting Sunday, and that is the single-digited left-handed pitcher, Marco Gonzalez. He just has not been himself this year. The stuff is not there. The location is not there. He's given up a ton more home runs than he has in the past, putting more runners on base via the bases on balls. His last time out, though, on Tuesday in Colorado, it was a little better, but he still walked three and five innings, even though he only gave up two runs and really only made the one glaring mistake, which was taken out for a two-run home run. Opposing him on Sunday will be Cole Irvin, 7-8 and eight this year, but with a pretty good ERA at 342. Please tell us about Mr. Irvin, sir. Mr. Irvin, uh, his last against the Angels, because uh, all of the good pitching performances come against the Los Angeles Angels. That's not oh, necessarily man. a bad thing. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I, 
they don't have Mike Trout or Rendon or Upton right now. Right. But who cares? They stink. <laughs> <laughs> you guys took two out of three of them to start the break, and then we took you know both games of our series. So yeah, they're just in free fall right now. We couldn't uh, stop David Fletcher though. <laughs> Nobody can. Oh, he's a menace for you guys, too. Let's talk about that for the rest of the episode. We uh, can. <laughs> I mean, one of my episodes last week was pretty much sponsored by the David Fletcher Admiration Society. Uh, he's amazing. I love David um, Fletcher. Yeah, he's, he's been really good. He had a rough May. Uh, Cole Irvin had a little bit of a rough May. He did face the Seattle Mariners in May. He went four and two-thirds, gave up ten hits, four runs. He walked one, struck out two. So that was a bad start for him mm-hmm. and but he had a 446 ERA since then in June he had a 264 and so far in July he has a 237 so he's he's been turning it around a decent amount and we saw a pretty decent pitcher he had a 367 in April so three out of the four months he's been well above league average and I think that that's what you're kind of looking for somebody who's going to give you you know five or six innings maybe seven if his pitch count is looking okay uh, and then you turn it over to the bullpen and hope for the best I guess um, <laughs> he also his record you said it was seven and eight I believe um, uh, seven yeah, and eight seven which and eight. does not bespeak that low ERA Exactly. He was not getting any run support early on in the season. He'd get maybe two runs if he was lucky, and that's not fair. It's not so, fair uh, at all to have a seven and eight, a losing record. If he's only going to win seven games with no run support, you'd like to see that at seven and three and seven and four with more no decisions than losses, because it, it looks like he hasn't deserved any of those or a lot of those losses. Yeah, no. Uh, he went three and zero in uh, June, which was good. And he didn't. He had uh, one start where he gave up four runs in five and two thirds. But uh, he also went. He's one and one this month, and he's got a two thirty seven ERA. So uh, that's just he gave up three runs in five innings, and he got the loss. So uh, that's just kind of how that works, and it stinks. But he's been fairly effective. Again, he changes speeds. He hits his spots. If he's not hitting his spots, then he will give up a lot of hits, and that's kind of uh, what happened in that Seattle start. But mm-hmm. overall, he's been fairly good. And if uh, Marco Gonzalez is not as good as he has been in the past. I think that uh, the A's could have this one. Well, we'll see. I don't like making a ton of predictions, but I think that I'm feeling fairly decent. The, I'm obviously uh, the A's fandom in me and in love with James Caprillion, who started uh, their last game against the Angels. He's been absolutely fantastic. He is a big game pitcher. Mm-hmm. He's been showing out, and I picked him to be the A's second half MVP. Ooh. You don't get to face him. So that's things. You did get to face him <laughs> earlier on in the season. Uh, I actually went to that game and it was fantastic. Um, so yeah, that uh, you, you don't get to face James Cabrillion, but you get to face everybody else. And the A's rotation has actually been very good this year, which is very wild. They don't you don't have anybody who are like, eh. I mean, if they like ball out, you're not surprised. But if they get dinged up like a little bit, you're like, all right, well that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been pretty solid this year. It's the bullpen that's been giving them a little bit of a rough patch, but um, they've been pitching better as well since J.B. Wendelkin came back, so hopefully things are okay. We'll see. We shall see. Speaking of the bullpen, can you kind of touch on that just a little bit, um, and then I'll speak about the Mariners' bullpen before we go into our last break. Uh, Sergio Romo's been a lot better lately. Um, I haven't looked up his stats in the last couple of days, but he had like a 05 ERA with like an 05 whip, so he's been really good. 
Reno's been solid. Jake Diekman is always, you know, a bit of a, a headache, but he usually gets out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuzmer Petit is usually the the guy that comes out of the bullpen first or in a big spot or something like that. Then J.B. Wendelkin's been pretty solid. Uh, they still got a couple of guys. Uh, Diolos Guerra is great against lefties, so he's kind of like their second lefty in the bullpen right now. But uh, if he comes in, it's usually the A's aren't quite winning or <laughs> might not have a chance at winning, but we'll see. Um, and then they got Sam Mole, who is actually their second lefty, but actually they used him back-to-back games because they were losing. <laughs> and uh, he is just a random guy that they traded for who was previously in the organization. And uh, if you see him, then the game is out of hand. So um, that's, <laughs> okay. I believe, the, the entirety of the A's bullpen. All right. I'll just kind of touch on um, some of the key pieces. The key piece in the bullpen, Mr. Burke, is a former Oakland Athletic, and that would be none other than Kendall Graveman, who has mostly been light out at the back end of the bullpen. The Mariners don't really have a dedicated closer. Graveman's been getting most of the opportunities and doing very well in most of those opportunities. He's finished 12 games. He has uh, pitched in 27 games overall with an 090 earned run average and a whip of 0.7. And the other guys in the bullpen who have been doing well, most of them were minor league free agents who had invitations to spring training as non-roster guys. Drew Steckenrider's really put together a very nice season for the Mariners, as has Paul Sewald after he was called up. JT Chagua, the guy I like to call the avocado, has had a very nice season out of the bullpen as well. Eric Swanson has kind of come out of nowhere. He's a guy who's been in the organization for a few years. He's a former starter. He's now um, a pretty reliable back-end reliever at this point. Those are the key pieces of the Mariners bullpen. Those are the guys that you will most often see uh, when the Mariners have a lead. If you out there have a question or a comment, please send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. That goes for Locked On Mariners listeners and Locked On A's listeners. Questions and comments on any subject are highly encouraged. Does not have to be about baseball. Doesn't even have to be about sports at all. Coming up, Jason and I do the entire segment speaking backwards. But I'll reverse the audio in post-production so you guys know what we were talking about. Very difficult skill to master. It took years of intense training. Now this word from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, as it's been in full swing for quite some time now. They really got to change that script. Uh, you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, which I don't even know if that's in progress anymore, the NHL, which is not in progress anymore, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news. Sign-up bonuses and contest info. Why do I always rush through this ad? Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. I don't know why either. As teams prep for their <laughs> runs to the playoffs, head it over to the website or use your mobile de- device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Promo code locked on. And also this word from Fully Loaded. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you are used to without tobacco. Available in nine, that's nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. That is the purest form of nicotine available, gang. 
It's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1, followed by three exclamation points. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 and free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. Next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. You know, when I go for a dip, I prefer a swimming pool, but that's just me. Final segment of the day here on Locked On Mariners. I probably shouldn't have said that, but I'm keeping it anyway because it's funny. Jason Burke is uh, with me here today to talk uh, some Oakland A's and some Seattle Mariners baseball ahead of the four-game series in Seattle, which commences tonight. We haven't touched on the offense yet. Why don't you go first? A's offense has been struggling. Oh, man. Uh, they, they, for the last month or so, have not been great. I think they were like 11 and 15 or something like that mm-hmm. uh, in their last 26. But they, they beat the Angels in their last two lunch this season. So I don't know how much that actually means. I think they're like 9 and 3 against uh, Los Angeles right now. And they lost 2 out of 3 to Cleveland, who is not an offensive juggernaut, but they got some arms. So yeah. We'll see. And one of those was a walk-off that Jed Lowry hit a, a walk-off two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. So uh, I don't think that Seattle's necessarily known for their arms just yet. They're coming, but they're not quite at that level yet. But they are still good enough to shut down the A's offense if they want to. So uh, it's going to be an interesting series. We'll see if the offense is actually, uh, you know, awoken from their slumber mm-hmm. that they, they had the day off. They've been in Seattle, which could be good. Whereas Seattle had to play in Colorado on Wednesday. So maybe that's something working in their favor. Um, it could yeah, be. I mean, Matt Olson's metal. So that's, Great. And that's nice. You know, everybody was worried that the home run derby would mess up a swing, but he's he's fine. Uh, Matt <laughs> Chapman's been struggling a decent amount. He struck out four times in four at-bats uh, in the last game that they played on Tuesday. Mm. Um, Jeb Lowry's been fantastic. Um, all I got to do is talk about him, and then he <laughs> has a good game, so we'll see. So I love that. Um, <laughs> and then I talked about uh, Ramon Laureano on Monday, and he's he's been pretty decent. Uh, we'll see if that continues or if that was just Angels pitching, but those are, you know, three bats to watch for. Obviously, Mark Canna is going to keep getting hit by pitches because that's just what he does. Um, <laughs> Him and Ty yeah. France. Oh, oh, Ty France has nothing on Mark Canna. How many has? How many does Canna have this season? It, it's like 15, 16, somewhere in there. It's a bunch. You know how many Ty France has? No. 15. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I know that uh, Mark Canna leads the league. I don't know how many he has. I'm going to look that up right now because I'm curious. Uh, he has 16. 16, okay. Yeah. So, uh, him, like I said, him and Ty France, I've been kind of not keeping track of it, but as, as Ty France continued to get hit by pitches and hit by pitches, I was kind of curious as to where he stood in the league, and I saw that Mark Canna was ahead of him. Those two guys are going to finish one and two, I think, and they could each they could each get hit by easily. Apparently, by has sixteen as well. Yeah, it that is not a skill that I necessarily want. He's just kind of resigned to the fact at this point. Um, yeah, 
What a cool skill to have. <laughs> Don Baylor was proud of that skill when he when he did, was it Don Baylor? I don't remember. I, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, anyways, Ty France tends to dive out over the plate. That's why he gets hit by so many pitches. Is it a similar situation with Mr. Canna? No, he just doesn't move. He's like, yeah, it's coming in, whatever, it's fine. Um, and he like just came back from the uh, the injured list on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then he got hit. <laughs> I, that's an exaggeration. He got hit three times in four games, I think. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's just mean. And uh, welcome back to playing baseball, Mark Canna. <laughs> <laughs> Here's first base. It might be a little painful, but you're on first base now. Yeah, that poor guy. Poor, poor guy. Um, Do you want to talk about your offense? I have a couple of random, you know, Mariners questions for you, too, that I want to wrap up with. Sure. I mean, I can talk about the offense a little bit. It's it's so hit or miss. It's such an inconsistent um, offensive team. (laughs) It has been all year. You meant that literally, didn't you? Hit or miss because they either hit a home run or miss the baseball? (laughs) I didn't. Yeah, kind of, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But they have gone through stretches where they can I just hit the microphone where they can string some hits together and get it done that way um, Ty France is one, has been one of the better performers offensively for the Mariners he's hitting 273 and slugging 425 lots of gap power for, from him 20, 21 doubles the man who leads the team in doubles though is J.P. Crawford who has become quite the leadoff hitter He's hitting 272 with an on base of 332, and he's been putting together some very good at bats to lead off ball games. Even if they result in outs, he can work the count. The Mariners, as a team, work the count pretty well. And there's one member of the team who's on the injured list right now, who I've been who I have been comparing. I've been calling him the new Lance Blankenship. Uh, a name from Oakland A's past who was known as the walking man. And I'm talking about Jake Fraley, who has a 237 batting average, but an on base of 409. And he's on the COVID injured list. So he will not be appearing in this, in this series. Mitch Hanniger's put together a very nice season, 265 batting average, slugging of 511. Luis Torrens has, has been very hot ever since coming back up from triple a his catching days are almost done. He is mostly a DH now. He played first base yesterday, and for the season, he's hitting two twenty four. But his batting average was so bad before he was sent out that you can hardly count that. Since coming up, his first game back up was uh, June 15th, and since then, he's hitting two eighty on base of three seventy nine with a six eighty slugging percentage. Nine home runs in those 23 games. He's been smoking the ball. you got to get his bat into the lineup. That's why he's been seeing a lot of time at DH with Tom Murphy and Cal Raleigh on the roster as the two other catchers. But you still got to find that bats for Mr. Torrens because he's just been in such a hot streak. But it's a very inconsistent offensive team, as most young teams tend to be. Now for your random questions. I can't wait to hear them. They started doing construction outside, so I had to ho- – hopefully it's not uh, too – too bad for the listeners, but um, my main question is: the Mariners are three and two since the the All Star break, and they're kind of in the hunt right now. Are they buyers or are they sellers? I know that they're probably not going to go out and make huge moves, but are they going to be selling any pieces? I guess is my question. 
they're not going to be buying it. I think they're stand patters, quite honestly. Okay. Um, there's been a lot of speculation that they were going to move Mitch Haniger and or Kendall Graveman. I honestly mm-hmm. do not see them moving Mitch Haniger. They value his veteran presence in that clubhouse, which is something that this young team desperately needs. Kyle mm-hmm. Seeger is the other veteran presence in that clubhouse. He's not going to be a Mariner beyond this season, where Mitch Haniger could be. And I don't think that they want to disrupt that bullpen either and move the anchor, Kendall Graveman. I would be less surprised if they moved Graveman than um, Mr. Hanniger, or Maniger as I like to call him. But I don't think they're going to trade either one of them, quite honestly. But this is Jerry DePoto we're talking about, so who knows? And he's got his plan for you know their window of contention and all that stuff, and the window is sort of opening, but it, they're not like quite there for that window yet. But you got to kind of take advantage of those opportunities at the same time. Um, do you think that they could potentially trade for somebody like Chris Bryant or Trevor Story, whose contracts are going to be up at the end of the season, but in the hopes of signing them to a deal in the offseason um, or an extension before the offseason even? Just because, hey, we, we want you, we like you here, and we have a spot for you. Uh, come be part of this next Mariners you know, this next Mariners run, bring us back to the playoffs. Do you think that that's anything that they would consider? I would say Trevor Storr is probably a no because they really like J.P. Crawford at shortstop. Mm-hmm. And he's put together a very, very nice season so far. The one concern I have about Crawford is his second half of 2019, where he did put together a very good first half, but a dreadful second half. And I hope that doesn't happen here. Chris Bryant, I just don't see the Mariners um, trading for anybody who's going to demand a high price tag. Third base is kind of an interesting situation because the guy who I think could take over that position, who's in the minor leagues right now, he's still playing in Modesto, so he's several years away, or a couple of years away. That's Noel V. Marte. He's a shortstop right now, but I see him transitioning to third base, or at least that's what Taylor Blake Ward told me. No, I'm kidding. Um, So... I don't know, Chris Bryant, maybe, but I would be very surprised if they went after anybody like that. Noel V. Marte, uh, I see him in the stat lines all the time because uh, Tyler Soderstrom also down, he's in Stockton right now, same level, mm-hmm. and uh, they're both 18 years old, and they both have almost identical stats whenever I look, and they're the only two guys that are like that young, performing that well. And uh, I think Baseball Prospectus had them as the number 14 and number 15 prospects in baseball. Soderstrom got the, the 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 heads up or, you know, the the 14 as opposed to the 15. So that was good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they've been fantastic. And so I, I know that he is good because I believe in Tyler Soderstrom. And so you got to believe in Noelle Marte by the same token. So mm-hmm. um, I guess my other question is halfway through this season, we talked about it a little bit before as where the Mariners could be in their rebuild and where – after a half a season, how do you think that their rebuild is going and what do you think their timeline is moving forward? Well, when they started this rebuild, they called it a step back and they were going to be competitive the season afterwards. That obviously did not happen. Um, the starting pitching that started to develop last year, some of it regressed. Justice Sheffield has had a miserable season. I've never been sold on Justin Dunn just because of the number of walks that he issues. However, Logan Gilbert has come up and just done a spectacular job in his 11 starts so far. And it might be a little... He's been one of the Bears' more reliable pitchers already. 
He's 24 years old. Emerson Hancock and George Kirby are still down in the minor leagues. They're a couple of years away, I think, maybe at the end of next year. But I, I, I really don't know. The bullpen has been a nice surprise, but it's been veteran guys. It's been veteran pickups. Jeez, I don't know if they're in the wild card hunt right now, technically. I don't see them making the playoffs. I still think this is a 500 team at best the way it is. Um, it's so tough to predict. I don't know if they're going to win next year either. But 2023, I think, probably at the earliest. I can see that. Yeah, the, the A's will probably have sold their pieces by then, and the Astros guys will be very far gone. So uh, that that would make sense. And the Angels are just never that good. Um, so I guess my last question is, make a prediction for me. Who will be the Mariners' second-half MVP? Ooh. Can I just punt and say, like, Brian Terang or something like that? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the second-half MVP... Ty France. I like it. He's on my fantasy team. That's a great pick. Yes. <laughs> Just so long as he doesn't play second base anymore. <laughs> He's not good there. He's been playing mostly first base. Yesterday he did play second base because Luis Torrent had to play first base. There was no designated hitter, obviously, in Colorado. But Ty France can... He's an average defensive first baseman. Evan White's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, he underwent, I believe, hip surgery... Uh, a few days ago, he is gone for the rest of the season. So Ty France is going to be, I think, the first baseman from here on out. And you'll see Luis Torrens there a little bit. You can even hide Ty France at third base, but I don't like him at second base at all, quite honestly. <laughs> all right. I, I like it. I, right. I'm very excited about this team. And uh, I, I don't know if you said it already, but I'm saying it right now. I am hosting the Locked On Mariners on Friday. I'm recording it on Thursday, and then it'll be up on Friday at some point. So that'll be exciting. I'm, I'm very uh, intrigued about I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but it'll be, well, I mean, Thursday's game, and then other <laughs> things. Yes. There's more to it than that because you are also hosting Monday for me, are you not? I am also hosting Monday's game. Uh, I'll, you know, go over the weekend and some standout things. Usually for the Monday episodes for my show, I like to go over, uh, you know, what happened for the first segment, and then I'll go over... Some, uh, some stat cast things that I thought were interesting. Hey, is this guy going to turn it around? And then third segment is usually, uh, let's see. Um, so I, I have no plan for that just yet, but I'm sure it'll, it'll, be, uh, it'll be fantastic. I, it will be fantastic. I trust you completely, and I can't thank you enough for stepping in for me yeah, no worries. these next two shows. Yes. Uh, where can the Mariners fans and the A's fans find you on the socials, sir? On the socials, I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And uh, uh, for the show, it is Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, I do most of my tweeting from the Locked On A's account. So that one has way more followers than my personal <laughs> account right now. And that is uh, a little bit hurtful. But um... <laughs> and where can the people find you, sir? Uh, they can find me on this uh, program here for about another week or so. I'm off the socials. So, so don't don't even <laughs> let's not even bother with that. And with that, uh, we're gonna call it a show. Jason again is gonna be hosting for me tomorrow. I'll be back on Tuesday. And my guests next week, my final week, include Keith Partridge, the Noid, and a cast iron skillet. 
Also, a special musical performance by legendary heavy metal guitarist Randy Rhodes. You will not want to miss any of that, gang. So download and follow Locked on Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app you can happen to think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. And also remember to uh, check out the other great shows here on the Locked on Network. Of course, including Locked on A's. Mr. Burke really puts on a good show. Check him out. That is it. I will be back on Tuesday. Jason Burke will be back with you on Monday. Tomorrow and Monday. My goodness gracious. I'm going to go take a nap or something. I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 